0: But I have to realize I'm already accepted in Christ. It don't matter what I do. It's not about performance. And you know what? I've got the point you can ask Kim. Some people, just, if I make them mad, so what? It really doesn't matter. I didn't, we didn't come last Sunday. And you don't know why I'd like to give you this big deal. But it's like I told Dorman, I'm tired of bad confessions coming out of my mouth. We had some stuff happen. I wasn't going to call and tell him confess. That kind of junk over my family. I just said we weren't there. So that's that. I'll be there next week. And there ain't nobody that wants to be in this church anymore than I do. That woman's got, we're going to church. Yeah, this family goes to church. Get on, let's go. But the Holy Spirit said, you need here. It was one of those times we've had a mad dash. We've got a lot of stuff scheduled coming up. The kid been feeling bad. We've had a lot of things. And we just needed that time of family just to stop and have church at home. How many times do we do that, y'all? i'm not talking about there's too many people that use that excuse well i just go to church when i feel left. i'm talking about that serious take time for your family business not more time to watch the tv not more time to spend at work on the computer just to sit back and enjoy each other families don't do that much anymore honestly or if some of y'all do then i'm way behind and i wish y'all would have told me before i got married but it's just one of those deals I even put on here religion and church works. We stay so wound up being religious and doing things for the church that we completely miss what's going on. Once again, it's about that acceptance. Why don't you find where you fit and let God grow you there? I've seen Dorman do more things. When I pastored, if I'd have known half of what I've seen since I've been here, I'd have been a whole lot better off. But I've seen people come to dormant, we need to do this. And he say, okay, do it. Don't go to dormant about wanting to do something if you don't want to do it because he'll let you do it. <laughs> Most of the time you've got people with a lot of good suggestions, but they don't want to get their butt off the couch and do it. They want somebody else to do it. And what about your Bible study? Can I ask you a question about that? I'm going to dig in. Is it truly out of works or is it out of intimacy and passion for the Lord? Are you making yourself do it because, by God, I'm going to read this Bible through in a year or one of these days? What is the motivation behind it? Or is it your love letter from God the Father that you need to open up and get intimate with Jesus? What is motivating you to read it? Because if you're being motivated by out of works and feeling like you have to do something, it's not going to stick. It's just going to be a drudgery, and I promise you, you won't read it through in a year. If you make it through February, I'll be surprised. And then you'll feel condemnation because you didn't read your Bible through again this year. And you'll try next year. You know what? I've learned out of the intimacy with the Father, I don't read from Genesis to Revelation. He's never let me do that. I'll start somewhere, and next thing you know, I'm over here, and then I'm over there. And once all said and done, i am probably in the, been all the way across there and ended up in the middle in Proverbs somewhere, you know? But that's out of the intimacy of him wanting to love on me and show me stuff in his word and bring it alive to me. It's not out of a drudgery of something I have to do. I believe everybody do needs a good routine of starting to learn how to read the word. But it's like Dorman taught on tithing. Ten percent is a good place to start, but we're not under the tithe. And if you really listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up giving a whole lot more. If you don't know how to read your Bible, then set that up to start. I'll read a chapter a day. Do something. Get yourself started in the Word, and then let the relationship grow. You don't have a relationship with anybody on this earth without picking up the phone and calling, without going and seeing them, without meeting somewhere. It takes a little bit of act on your part. But once it's there, it flows. You've got to do that. If not, you're that old man inside of you that's dead, that, that member is going to sit here. Your mind's going to go in there and start saying, Well, I'm not as holy as as Dorman or Ross or or Jim or anybody. You'll start picking people and then you'll get under condemnation. We're not in this about a race, y'all. You know what? We're one body. And I've told you this time and time again. I need you to do your part. I don't want to do it. I don't care for it. I'm going to do my part and that's all I'm concerned about. But when it's all said and done, we mesh like this and then we're the full body of Christ with Him as the head doing what we're supposed to be here doing. If we were more concerned about doing that, instead of building churches and doing all this other stuff, like what he said, joining all them said, we're so divided as a body right now, we can't hardly stand to be in the same place together without starting to draw lines and see who's more holy and who's better and whose attendance is better. Enough's enough. And then the other member the Lord wanted me to touch on is your mouth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defile the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. It is a fire, or it is set on fire of hell. James 3, 5, and 6. <clears throat> I was in a part one time that run around with a bunch of people that you can call it name it and claim it whatever you want and then you get so scared of confessing oh that scares me to death well you're going to die now you know i mean you see people all over the place but the lord showed me the way i reacted is with all the different camps i've been under you take all that stuff and then when you realize well that's not really the way the word is then you shy away from it but there's something very significant about your confession y'all God spoke this all into existence. We're supposed to confess. We're supposed to proclaim. We're supposed to do things like that, but you back it in scripture. If you are speaking something into existence that you can't line up with the word, then that's probably self-motivated and it's uh something one of your members is out of line. Amen. It could be greed, it could be it could be anything. But if you know the word of God, you know what we can speak into existence. You know what's right. The word will not return void without accomplishing the task that it's been set forth to do. And it shall prosper that thing for which it was sent. How do you send it? You proclaim it. You speak it out. I was supposed to preach this sermon to y'all when Dorman went on vacation. And uh, I praise God that I didn't because it wasn't an appropriate time. I got hung up and Marion filled in for me and... and in that time to now there's been more revelation come and what set all this up is it started back in the coffee shop and uh me and Dorman and alan and i don't remember who all was back there but we were sitting there and uh we were talking and, and you know you got to understand i love my brothers in christ amen and we are there's a lot of us here that are pretty dedicated and pretty outspoken amen, amen. well uh me and Alan and Dorman were talking about this uh, new man, old man, imagine that. We've been talking about, I was thinking this morning, how long have we even been talking about this? We were talking about it five years ago before we went to Africa, so we've been on this subject for quite a while. And uh, Alan was sitting there and he started telling us, you know, that more or less, this is Ross's interpretation, so bear with me, and I hope he listens to this online and he can correct me, but he's more or less telling us, you know, this is a bunch of bull, your old man is dead. And me and Dorman were like, well, it may be true. That's what the Word says, but I see mine quite often. And Alan's like, I don't care. It's dead. You know And I mean? It started getting pretty heated back there, to be honest with you, because I like to emphasize my points, and Alan likes to emphasize his points. And Dorman tries to keep his controlled. And, and I mean, you know, let's just be honest. And then Alan looks at me, and he, what really hit me was he looked at me, and he says, the way that you believe about healing... I believe this about the old man being dead, and I am not moving. Well, I know how I feel about healing, and a lot of y'all have heard how I feel about healing. So when you put it on my terms, I'm like, he's on to something. But I didn't know what to do, so we just started praying. And then it was maybe a week or two later, I come in, and I love it when Dorman gets a revelation because he's like a little kid. He just sits there, and his old eyes are glittering. He says, I got something for you. And I said, what? He said, it's the sin in your members. He said, the old man is dead. The old man is dead. We don't mess with the old man, y'all. He is dead, and it's about time we start recognizing that. It is the sin in the members. And Dorman preached a sermon on this, and the way it was set up, I was supposed to come right in behind him with this. But it wasn't time, but now's the time, amen? So when I was praying, the Lord gave me one one scripture, and I didn't even know where it was. I just heard it It says, the little fox is full of the vines. And I was like, Lord, I know that's in the Bible because that ain't nothing I would think of. Where the heck is that? So I, I found it, and it was in 2nd Solomon, in our Solomon's, Son, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now I want to read to you what it says in my Bible under there about this verse. It says, This verse is a warning regarding a line, a little. Seemingly insignificant sins to overtake one's life, robbing him of the joys of pure relationship with his Lord. The little foxes are characteristic of those things which come oftentimes unawares and go unnoticed and ultimately ruin a man's life. Christians need to learn from this passage that they need not be so proud in their own spirituality. In doing so, they fail to guard against the attack of Satan on their lives. The term tender grapes suggests that these sins may become a problem while a person is still young and not yet able to determine the consequences of allowing himself to be overtaken by them. Man, what does that sound like? Stuff you learn in the old. I mean, we all had before Christ days, amen? And we know when we got saved, whether you was a hellion or you were just lost, you carry stuff with you. And the Lord told me, I really felt it. He said, when you're born in a damnic nature you already have a covenant with sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? A covenant. A covenant with sin as we have a... Jesus' blood gives us a covenant to righteousness. But for some reason, we forget the part that we have covenant with sin. And as we're growing up in life and taking on life, that covenant makes sin grow in our members. And it has a right to be there because we have covenant with it. Do you know the only way out of covenant is by death? By true covenant, the only way out is by death. And so what does the Bible mean when it says to gain your life, you must lose it? If you lose your life, then you gain it. Y'all, we haven't truly died to self. What we tell everybody... But what God began showing me about this, and I want to go in here and I'm going to try to teach a little bit and I'm going to put some in here because this is very important. But the idea of it is, is like, I looked this up because I didn't know where God was going to go with it. So I looked up in the Greek and everything. I was like, what's foxes mean? And it's like a jackal. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, it says a small wild canine with a bushy tail. It's just a critter, you know, it's just... A nagging, it's just, you know, something that some of us would go out on a night and spotlight and hunt and kill. I mean, it ain't nothing, but they come to steal. Does that not kind of remind you of John 10, 10? The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. And spoil, I mean, we all know what spoil means, but, you know, when you look it up in the Greek, it talks about to wind tightly as a rope. That is to bind Specifically by a pledge, fearfully to pervert, destroy, also to rhythm and pain, especially uh, of partuation. Band up, bring forth, be corrupt, destroy, offend, lay. You know what this sounds like? If he's spoiling the vine, he's spoiling your walk. And the Lord showed me this again. It's not a heaven or hell deal, people. This body's saved. I believe most everybody here is saved. It's like what my sister was saying earlier. We're talking about the abundant life we're supposed to be living. How in the world are we going to convince people to be Christians and be on fire for the Lord if we're not living an abundant life? And an abundant life's not always about a mansion on a hill, people. I'm not saying God won't bless you financially if he can trust you with the money. But what I'm saying is, in our mind, when we start talking about being blessed and and, and all this other stuff, having the abundant life, do you know what? Do you not think that somebody that's dealing with the spirit of cancer in their family much more needs the healing of Jesus Christ's blood in their family more than they need a mansion on the hill? And if they can't understand that you can lay hands and see the sick recover and that it does happen, that's the abundant life we're supposed to be doing. What about people that are battling bipolar and autism and all this other stuff and you cast that demon off and they're in their right mind and they walk forth in the newness of life. That's what abundant life people are needing. More than money in their pockets. Because with a right mind the rest of it comes. Amen. And the only way you can do that is in the new man. Your members, I'm going to give you a few scriptures that Dorman has already given. If you all haven't heard the sermon, but Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. James four one. For whence come wars and Fightings from among you. Come they not hints even of your lust that warn your members. The lust is diseased condition of the old soul. It's in your members. If you didn't get it through the Song of Solomon, foxes is the members, the temptations. And where I'm going to start with this, if y'all bear with me, your mind, first and foremost, is the biggest member in your body. You have to control all your thoughts. Every thought that crosses through your brain is either from Jesus and God or from the devil. I'm sorry, there's no gray areas, people. You think about it. You can even be having a good thought towards somebody, but if you get to the bottom of it, maybe it's self-motivated. Well, I'm going to be nice to Dorman because then Dorman's going to be nice to me. I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Is that being moved in the room or is that my member wanting to be scratched on the back? Can we be honest? Isn't it about time the church is honest with themselves? When you're sitting there thinking about your day-to-day business every day in your life, is it about you and how you're going to be promoted, how you're going to be accepted? Is it all about you? Because if it is, then that's your member. That's your mind telling you that you're that important. I don't know that that's godly thoughts, y'all. I understand we have responsibilities. We have things that need to be done. But I promise you, if you will evaluate every thought that crosses your brain, it's either black or white. It's either good or bad. And you know what? The devil comes as an angel of light. The Word tells us that. So it can look pretty good on the outside, but be rotten in the center. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not warn the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Does it say some of your thoughts? A few of your thoughts? It says every thought into the captivity of Christ. You know, as charismatics, we have it kind of good. As Michael saying, you know, I love a Holy Ghost showdown as much as anybody but you know what? If you'll watch the body, had, y'all ever sit back and watch people? I do. I sit back and watch. You've got people that are scared to go over here because they might get into legalism. But if we go too far over here, we're too loose and we're unrestrained and, you know, we're running wild. And There is a middle of the road. It's called being led of the Spirit. He's not going to let you get into lawlessness and he's not going to let you get into bondage of religion. He hates it. But you have to die to yourself and do what he says. Which means you have to have relationship. Which means you do need to read your word, you do need to spend time in prayer, and you have to understand your relationship with God the Father. Somebody could take what was said this morning in a wrong eye and be thinking, well, I need to start prophesying in tongues for somebody to interpret. We need to do this, we need to do that. By gosh, this church ain't got it all together. We ain't got... You know what? Shut up and sit down. The Holy Spirit will come upon you when it's time to bring forth a word in tongues. It's all Holy Spirit controlled. It has nothing to do with us. And you know what? We can seek. The Bible says to seek. So why don't we start praying and start asking God to manifest it in our life? You know, if you're missing it in this body, I don't know that anybody's even given a word in tongues since Nile's past. If it has, I've missed it or I don't recall But maybe somebody needs to start praying, Lord, if that be my gifting, manifest it in this body in Jesus' name. Because we need it. It's a gift. How many times do you take on more stuff in church just so that people look at you and see how holy you are? How many times are you teaching? How many times are you doing these things and it's not even your gifting? away from it. Because somebody might look down on them. You know, I wrote down here, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, cars, house. That's just the whole world system, guys. You know, I heard somebody say this, and I've really looked. You know, a lot of your new houses don't even have porches on them anymore. Nobody slows down, sits on the porch. One thing for me and Kim got married, we said when we get our house built, we want a porch on it. I want a big wraparound porch so the kids can run around the porch. I can sit wherever I want around that thing. I want it to be able to take time out and enjoy life. Now you might get about as big as our entryway and they're on a back porch in somebody's house. They don't even have a front porch to sit on anymore. Times are fast. And we're too fast to slow down and enjoy what God's doing. And when you're trying to keep up with everybody doing that, and I know there's some of us that are in occupations. I know there's some things that are beyond your control. But you know what? You can control what it's doing to you. You can control how it affects you and how it affects your home. You can control what manifests out of your life, the fruit that's on that vine. You know, I told Dorman, I still see in times where I battle. I, I just had a birthday and where I still battle, if I don't watch it, things from my youth to make me feel accepted, to make me perform because I was never good enough, you know, for my dad, you know, I mean, I, I could work three or four days straight and not stop, but I still never got that pat on the back, son, you did a good job. That stuff's ingrained deep, you know, and if I feed that member, that stuff will come back. Maybe for some of us, not all, I don't know, when you, when your mind, you're sitting there thinking, I've got another scripture I want to go ahead and get to you and then I'll get into this other part because if y'all, did y'all bring any stones today, praise God, I hope not. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lowly or lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. These things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Simple. Paul told us, do like he did. Did he say you're not going to have no problems? No. No. But he said, we've either learned it, and if you can't come to this body and tell me you ain't learned anything, I'm going to tell you, you probably can't learn. If you tell me you ain't received nothing, it's because you haven't asked or opened your heart to receive. And I know dang good and well you've heard. I've been here a long time, and we hear the word. Amen. But the Lord was showing me it still ties in to us as people. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Can I be honest with you? Let's just lay it on the table. How many times the lust of the eyes, you know, our mind, we're we're talking about this mind, it's all connected, but the lust of the eyes, you know, between watching TV, movies, listening to radio, stuff like that, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. That's all up to the Holy Spirit. But the junk that is out there in this world today, 99% of it a Christian does not need to take into them. If it was up to me, a TV would never be turned on. As a matter of fact, you can ask Kim, I drive her nuts with sporting events, and that's about it. The other day, she called me and told me our TV was broke. There was college football on every station. I'm like, ah, and I'm leaving home. You know? But the idea of it is 90% of the stuff on that TV is junk, if not more. I'm talking about regular TV. You don't even have to get cable to get some of the stuff. That's flipping channels. We don't have cable. We don't have dish. We don't have none of that stuff. And there was this one I shot, and this girl's more or less stripping his that was it last night we were flipping channels. This woman's in a bar taking her clothes off and then goes in the bathroom, and there's blood all over the place. What in the heck? I don't wanna watch that. My spirit man don't like that stuff. And you know what I'm really tired of? I'm tired of ministering to people that deal with fear and they do stuff. And y'all get on Facebook and you post how the new horror picture was really great and scared the heck out of you. If you're going to do that to yourself, enjoy it, okay? But leave me the heck alone. You want set free or not? I'm serious. If you're an alcoholic, you don't go to the bar and keep drinking. Do you want set free or not? If you deal with perversion and lust and sex, you don't go sleeping around or even playing around. You stay away from it. But our mind tells us to be accepted in this generation that we have to do these things. We're still moved in our Christian being of being accepted. We don't understand who we are and that we're already accepted. How many of you, if you're truly honest, do a lot of that stuff because your friends are doing it and you ain't got the guts to tell them I can't do this? See, pretty quiet, huh? I'm not saying I haven't done it. I have. I've fallen right in with everybody else. But I've learned from my mistakes and all this stuff. If you want to be that true spiritual being and walk in the new and not have your members continue to be in covenant with sin, you've got to take that out of your life. It's not hard. It's really not. God made it easy for us. He gave us the sacrifice. He gave us the book to learn the instructions. He gave it all to us. We just got to apply it. And then when our members get all messed up wanting some of that, then we take authority over it. We were talking this morning. I was surprised it even come up. But you know, I should know how God does things. But he showed me. It is a learning process. You can either stay on the milk or you can be a strong Christian. But there comes a point where you draw a line. When your mind's going someplace you don't need to go, you take control of that thought. And if it's really a a stronghold for you, what I do is I say, Lord, you know I have a hard time with this. In the name of Jesus, I ask for the grace of the Holy Ghost to get through this and I don't want it in my life. We all got strongholds. If you're honest, if you're honest, you know, I was laughing because Dorman, I, he always can get to me, but we were talking last year. He's talking about how he don't like that TV show, Dances with the Stars, because the women run around half naked. That's about the one show me and Kim will watch, because we like to watch the dancing. So I'm like, well, Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to, we don't have to watch it, but it, you know, it's just one of those deals to eat your own. But the Holy Spirit will show you are you dealing with something here? Is there something that's keeping you back from the fullness of God? And you know what? When you feel that quickening in your spirit, that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, your member has a covenant with this, and you better get back, or you're fixing something manifest in your life. You can't play around with the devil. Do you remember how you'd always see how close you could get to the line without going over it? And maybe if you could get one foot over. I was always the best at seeing just how far I could push it. And let me tell you, it don't matter if you're over the line a little bit or by 10 feet. you have over the line. And then you've opened the door. And it's then you don't know what's going to happen. You know, the lust of the flesh... There's all kinds of things. You can't drive to Amarillo without seeing half-naked women on billboards. They push all the time. Less clothes is better. And they're always pushing now. It doesn't matter if you're homosexual, bisexual, any sexual. Just go out and have a good time. You can't turn on the TV without somebody pushing sex at you. You can't listen to the radio. You can't even... It's just—it's all over the place. So you've got to guard your heart, as Dorman would say. He was always telling me before we got married, guard your heart, because out of it flow the issues of life. If you've ever messed with that stuff, I guarantee you can't play with it. It's a slippery slope. And you know what? Thinking in your mind is just as bad as doing it. By what my my book says, under the law of grace. So don't say, well, the looking ain't nothing. I work with guys that pass some of the most nasty stuff by cell phones now. I mean, the technology's great, but you know what? Our cell phones could really hurt a porn addiction worse than a computer does because right then it's right there that quick. These guys are passing text messages and stuff, and I told them that none of that stuff comes to my phone. It's the crudeness that is out there. It's the devil. There is a tool. The internet is a good tool. In today's times, the Lord knows how we can use it to to better things. But it all depends on how you use that tool. If you don't have the decency to be able to get on there and stay away from that stuff, then get that computer out of your house. If you can't use your phone without going places you shouldn't go, then get you one of the old-fashioned ones that nobody says won't work anymore. I know they're still out there. Some people still got them. And if worse comes to worse, put a landline back in your house with no picture screen. No, nothing like that. I'm sure AT&T could use the money. But you have to draw a line in the sand and make a choice. That covenant is stronger than you think. It doesn't take much to flare up the head of the devil in your flesh because that covenant is there. The only way it's not there is if you're truly dead to self. And all of this is self-fulfilling. And it's not just sex. I've, I wrote down here just when I was typing this up on the lust of the flesh. You know, alcohol, your appetite. We've talked about this. You know, some people, maybe some of you here can have a glass of wine with your meal or you can go out and have a beer. And I don't know to say anything about that. But I'm the top. I can't even have one drink. So if I have one drink, that puts me into sin. Because then I want more. What well, God deals with you on, that's your business. I mean, I, who am I to say you can or can't? All I'm saying is you know if it's a stronghold. And it, did you realize America is the most obese country in the world? So I guess we got some appetite problems, myself included, amen? Uh, yeah, Bluebell. It don't even have to be Bluebell. We just, we just come off of the, the holiday seasons. When all, you know, a lot of you ladies can bake. Oh, my gosh, every time we have some kind of fixings here, I'm like, here comes another 10 pounds. Because it's all so good, you've got to try all of it because you don't want to offend nobody. The Bible says not to offend your brother, so I'm going to try all of it. Right? But I'm going to tell you what, all joking aside, we need to rein it in. And God's already told us how to do it through the Holy Spirit. He's already made a way. And the pride of life, I even church members, do you realize there's a lot of pride in church? In your mind, you really think highly of yourself and how holy you are. What about your friends? You run around certain people because it makes you feel better about yourself and who you are and who they are and what you drive and what you do. Even your job—how many people take jobs by how people will look at them? Truth be known, how people are miserable in a job—it's not even what their gifting or calling is, but they can't walk. Away. And it's not just prophets; we're all called to prophesy. You know, I sit here and I see people setting themselves up all the time. They, uh, flu season comes around. Well, I'll get the flu every year. I guess I'll just go get me a flu shot. I was telling Dorman, you know how much stink we've caused with these doctors and everything else? I never tell Kim what, what she can or can't do. I say, I'll meet you wherever you're at and we'll pray about it and go from there. Well, she's pregnant. You had your flu shot? She's like, no. Well, okay. And then the babies here, have y'all had flu shots? No. And uh, I mean, you thought we set off a bomb in the hospital. And I'm not bringing condemnation to nobody. I'm just telling you, for us, that's a point she chose to stand on. But then I see people that, I've got to have a flu shot. I'll get sick every year. And then a week after they get it, they're sicker and their dog. miss missed three days of work with the flu. Now, what business is that? I don't get it. And then the the health professionals will tell you that will not give you the flu. Well, everybody I see that gets it gets the flu. So you tell me what you want to, but I'm going by what I see. But a lot of it, I believe, honestly, is the profession. You go into the winter thinking you're going to get sick, you're going to get sick. You go into this recession we've been in forever thinking you're going to get broke, you're going to get broke. Quit telling me about what you don't have and start telling me about what you do have. All our needs are met according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If we're called to go somewhere, there's going to be plenty of money to put gas in the tank. I guarantee you. And there's going to be motel room. My God will never leave me nor forsake me. If He's sending me somewhere, He's going to take care of the tab. And I can't tell you how much we've been blessed by this body with going through this. And we have been through a time. And I'm not giving the devil. We've had more hospital expenses and all that. And every time I told Kim, I'd get so mad because every time we'd pay one off, another wind bill would come in. Or we'd have to take somebody to the emergency room. And for me, if you know me any at all, to even the idea of admitting going to the doctor or a emergency room just drove me bananas. <laughs> and I've handled it well. I've sat in there, I have not chewed nobody out, I haven't got... I have. I, and I mean, we, that's where we've been, y'all. But you've got to do what you've got to do. But I'm sitting there going, Lord, how am we going to do this? And then we get blessed. Because we know. and You know, God's blessed me with Kim. And I'd say, God, I'm getting stressed about this. Jesus, the Lord always meets our needs. And then we get a check. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's a. Uh, We never profess death. We never speak that stuff out. But I'm going to tell you what. We've been through the battle just like y'all. But God's been faithful. And he showed me not to give up on the dream. We're still going to have our house. We're still going to have the things that he showed us. It'll be in his time. When he gets the glory. If I go 100,000, 200,000 in debt now and do it myself, what's that doing? Giving God the glory until he says, here, son, you go do this now. All it shows is I'm like every other fool in America that can go get a whole lot of debt I can't pay for. That's truth. I've been busting my tail trying to get out of debt. And if it hadn't been for Jerry Wilburn giving me a word a couple of weeks ago and setting me free, I was under so much bondage. Through the word, the devil had twisted the scriptures around that I was walking under bondage trying to, how am I going to get out of this? But that's why he gives us elders and gives us people over our life to speak life into us and to watch over us. And when he spoke that, I felt that burden lift, and I was like, Thank you, Jesus. You got this. So, what? We could watch what we confess, because that tongue likes to say anything. And it likes to be judgmental. And it really likes to edify self. If you want to edify yourself or something, why don't you pray in tongues? <laughs> Because it says you'll build yourself up. You don't have to do it to everybody else. You know what? We don't care how good you are. The Lord already has made you perfect. You realize that? Do you realize that? You're already made perfect. You ain't got to sell me a bill of goods. For most of the time, I probably wouldn't notice anyway. <clears throat> and know that neither does everybody else around you. And if you're around people where you've got to promote self and sell yourself... Then that's a bad place to be. I'd start praying for some new friends to hang out with or a new job or something. There is a way out. Romans six nineteen, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members to servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, now listen to this, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof are ye now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. What fruit had ye then in those things? Whereof you're ashamed. It's death. That's what he said. Listen, for the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and being servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That tells me my members are righteous. My members are made holiness unto God. If I will seek Him first, I don't have to worry about all the other stuff. The other stuff, the members, the covenant with sin leads to death. But I'm under a new covenant. We run around, how many of y'all, when you're witnessing or what? we're under a new covenant. We're under the new covenant. We're under a new covenant of grace. Well, that means you've got God's empowerment. That means your members don't have to have that covenant with sin any longer. Jesus died so that you can walk sin free. What you need to do is be honest with yourself and be honest with God and say, I have a hard time here. And your word says that your strength is perfected in my weakness. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm weak here. I can't help but worry. I need your help. If it's a Spirit, let's get it cast off. If it's not, you know, if it's a general, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will make witness to you, and we can get it taken care of. But it's time to be honest. It's time to get honest with self, honest with God. And if you truly want the more deeper things of God, then let's lay it out there. Otherwise, you can stay where you're at. You know what? You're going to go to heaven, but I don't know about you. My abundant life had not been as abundant as I think it can be. And I'm not saying out of pride or arrogance. But don't you want people to see Jesus all over you enough that when you walk in a place, they say, I don't know what they have, but I want it? Am I the only person who wants my shadow to heal the sick for God to get the glory? And I don't say that out of pride, but I mean, I just believe in it. The Word says. The way of it is, and of course, it says, just be led in peace and listen to the Holy Spirit. And let him lead you and your members will line up to live the abundant kingdom life that we long for. I long for it. I don't know. I can't say you do, but it's between you and God. If you want the full Holy Ghost power, you have to come out of covenant and agreement with the members and give them to God and let him make them holy. But that's entirely up to you. One other thing is, I'll never forget when Royce upset some people and we've laughed about and talked about it. I'm so tired of hearing the body with it. We're only human. In James, that says you're only satanic. So you want to run around and say, Well, I'm only human. I'm only human. Well, you're sitting there professing out your mouth, you're only the devil. You're of your father, the devil. I'll tell you what, I'm righteousness, I'm already made holy. And I may make mistakes, but I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to get under the blood. I, I'm honest. I mean, I, I told him this morning at the coffee shop, Kim was sitting there, I said, ask her, she'll tell you. Not too long ago, I was plum mad, and I told her just to hush up and leave me alone. I'd be back with her in a minute. I was going to dwell in it. I mean, I was mad through and through. And I know my old man was out of the coffin. I don't care if he's dead. He was thinking and walking, and I was liking it. And that member was tore up. But you know what? The minute I told her that I said, I'll be with you and just leave me alone and I'll be with you. you know, I wouldn't even five minutes later and I'm like, Oh God, I'm sorry. You know, then the Holy Spirit quickens you. Then you be quick to repent. Okay? But realize it's a growth, it's a maturing. You're gonna make mistakes. Or the word wouldn't say a righteous or a just man shall stumble seven times to pick yourself up again and go on. We're maturing. But your old man is dead. Let's leave him dead. Let's leave him in that coffin. And if you've got a member that's bothering you, why don't you bring it to the altar? Why don't you lay it before God? Why don't you ask for help and get it under the blood? And then anytime if you do stumble, so what? Quick to repent and get it going, but realize where your fault is. Be honest with yourself. Well, that's one thing I don't ever hear. Everybody's like, well, it's all under the blood. What you're telling me is you're not being honest with yourself because you're not completely there yet. What are you messing with? If it's anger, it doesn't matter. If it's one of the things of the world, be honest. Say, God, I lust after this stuff. I, I'm a Christian. I should have as much as these lost people. Well, be honest with him. And you know what he'll do? He'll say, that's right. You've got a heart to give. Now, if you will let me train on you and school on you and get that heart right and get that member the way it needs to be, I'll bless you with a fortune to give to the kingdom of God. Amen. But you be honest. Thank you. Father, I just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. We praise you. Oh, thank you for your touch this morning. Holy Spirit, it's sweet. I sow this word into this body in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for recognition. I just pray that you show me what you're doing in our lives. Father God, each and every one here and what we need to leave with you, so be it. But, Father, we pray for honesty and strength and boldness and that we walk out here truly knowing that we're not just human. We're supernatural beings and that you've made a way for us and no longer we covenant with sin and death but with righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's right, a little after 12, I hope it didn't hold you up. If anybody wants any prayer or something, you can come up. But otherwise, unless Norman has something, you're dismissed.